0: Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Yo, 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 folks, welcome to Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith, as ever. Now, I don't know many people that can drink tequila back to back. I had to get this one in here early on because my guest today is not only a fantastic software engineer and someone that is just a fantastic guy all around and helps solve people's problems, but I had first-hand experience of him showing me how to drink tequila. And I will tell you, he's also got that nailed down. It's such a fantastic, fantastic honor to welcome to the show someone who I've known right from the beginning of my podcasting journey and someone who is going to help me define challenge and conquer the issue of how you can build trust with your potential customers it's something that we all need to do it's a vital component to any business and a vital piece of the marketing and sales mix but too often we get it wrong so it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show the tequila master the software maestro mr Hani mora how are you doing sir
1: i'm doing awesome thank you for the awesome intro (laughs)
0: We had to get the tequila in there because we were at Podcast Movement together talking all things uh, Simple Podcast Press, which is your product, talking podcast websites and having a few social events as well. We, uh, we had a bit of a good time there, didn't we?
1: Oh, we did. It was a wonderful weekend and it, so, it was awesome meeting you in person and it was great times doing tequila shots.
0: <laughs> I blame Ben for that. What a guy. So let's get to this. Annie. obviously I know you and, and we've worked together on podcast websites, integrating simple podcast press with that. And I was really, really impressed the first time that I came across your product with just how clear and concise things were. And more specifically, how you were just helping people, how you, you know, it felt as if you got to know my problems and you actually set out to solve them. So before we tackle that problem for other people, Let's just talk about that. Let's talk about your background. What is it that you do and where did, you know, how did you end up where you are today, sir?
1: Yeah, uh, my background, uh, from a studies point of view, I'm a software engineer. just uh, computer engineering uh, way back in the day. And then I got involved in online marketing. And kind of a couple of, three, four years ago, combined both, like my software skills and my online marketing, especially in video. Video is kind of where I loved being. Video, YouTube, you know, driving traffic, getting leads, so combine my two skills together into, you know, just helping people solve their problems using software. Software is my tool. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Simple Podcast Press is one of the tools that I've created. I've also created a tool before that called Simple Video Press, and both are WordPress plugins. Both are designed to automate the publishing of, you know, videos and podcasts to your site. But more importantly, they also have, they're designed to help you grow your audience, grow your email list. So that's kind of where I like. I like the automation. I like to create tools to automate and help people kind of grow their business online.
0: Love it, and I think that's the biggest thing as well. Helping people. What you're saying there just helps people. And and if you're solving a problem for people, I wouldn't say the sales come easy, but the sales come easier. You know, it's, it becomes a very obvious solution for people when you tell them what's going on with that. And how did you arrive at that? Because software engineering and helping people in business. They're not exactly synonymous. How did you put the two together? When did you first realize there was a problem?
1: Yeah, yeah it was, I, I had a video blog. My video was always my thing. Um, I love I taking complex problems and kind of breaking them down into simpler, into simple steps and help people kind of overcome hurdles. That's, so I started a blog maybe, I think it was 2009. It was called Easy Online Video Tips. Basically, it was a video blog And, you know, one of my good friends encouraged me to do it. And he said, you are awesome at making things simple. Like you explain things really well. You love video. Start this. You know, people struggle with videos. You know, there's a lot of steps, cameras, lighting, editing. So, you know, I did that for a couple of years. And I learned a lot about people really overcomplicate things. And I have had a good knack for explaining things really clearly and breaking it down. Um, So that blog, you know, went on for a couple of years. But... I never really, I, I felt like I was missing something. And then one day, it's funny, one day it just clicked. Like I said, you know what? I'm a software developer. I know software. Now I'm, not, I'm not the best coder, but I understand software. And I understand you know video marketing. Let's create something that will save people time and make people's lives easier with video. So that was back in 2000 and I think it was 2012 or 11. I think 2012. And I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to do a bit of research and find out what do people need. And so, you know, I had a relatively small email list uh, for my blog and I, I sent out a couple of surveys. Can I, you know, how can I help you? That's the thing. I wanted to say, how can I help you? How can I automate? How can I save you time? And I got some feedback, but it's, but I didn't get something concrete. And then I kind of looked within. I said, you know what? I'm a video. I have my online business. I have a blog. How do I automate some of my steps? And then it just hit me that I needed one of my pain points that I struggled with personally was getting my videos off of YouTube and putting it on my WordPress site. It's such a simple step, but it, I sometimes forget to do it because I put a lot of effort into the video and SEO optimization keywords all on YouTube. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to my blog and repeat that step and do the SEO. Anyway, long story short, I, I had this frustration of why can't I automate? taking the video and embedding it on my site automatically. Why do I need to go in and do this? So I kind of went with that. And uh, that's kind of how Simple Video Press was born.
0: What I like about that is you're just digging into your own experiences. That is the, just the benchmark of a quality product. If you can solve your own problem, someone else is having the same problem as well, aren't they? It's kind of a logical thing, really. And where where we sort of get to the intersection of you doing that and learning to build people's trust. What were your first experiences with putting that piece of software out? Did you, did you find yourself struggling with that trust issue? What was that kind of uh, the, the route to that, if you like?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it's, it was a very interesting journey. And it's, um, I went, you know, I, I looked at the big picture. I said, you know, I don't, I have an audience that trusts me. Uh, i.e. people on my email list for my blog. Because I give them value, my blog was completely free. I had video training courses. you opt into my email list. you get a seven day training, how to get started with YouTube, how to get started with you know optimization on YouTube. So I, I knew I had the trust from my email list, but that email list was small, so I needed to partner up with somebody who had a bigger email list, but more importantly, of people who trusted him. So that's uh, so simple video press, we had a partnership, um, and we the partner he was, you know, very well trusted. He was very smart. He taught me something in this process. He said, let's get a small beta group together. Let's run this idea by 20, uh, for about 20 people and see what their feedback is. And so he went to his email list or his Facebook groups and he said, you know, we're looking for 20 beta testers. And, you know, he, cause he had a lot of trust from his, his email list. They responded like in like, Seconds, like no kidding, seconds. We had like 20 people on the beta program signed up. It was free, so it was a lot easier. But having the beta program really helped me define the product and define the problem. But more importantly, helped me build trust with these guys because I was there with them. I was approachable, I was accessible. We had a private Facebook group, and those beta testers were, you know, whatever they needed, whatever they wanted, whatever help they wanted me to log into the site and fix something or. I was very approachable. And that's one of the biggest tips to building trust is, you know, you don't want to be the kind of person that has a product that, hey, come to my page, buy it, and you never hear from me again, or you can't reach me, or you can't, you know, maybe you don't have a support team in place. So always be approachable. So I I took that approach. And that's what we did with the beta group. Extremely valuable. People love that one-on-one time with me as the person who created the software.
0: That I think is so important. We we had the same experience as you know, because you were part of it, the, the beta of podcast websites. And these guys were paying customers. They trusted us with their cash, but you're right. You know, we dug in, we were on the ground and we were in the Facebook groups. We were manning the support. We were actually, you know, we were on the telephone with people that were paying. Mm. And it was surprising because you get to know these people and that trust becomes, it just becomes implied throughout anything that you do with them moving forward. And one of the interesting things that comes from that i always find is that you you kind of end up with these brand ambassadors you end up with people who will fight your corner yes. when you come out of that bit is that something you guys felt did you see oh. that happening
1: oh absolutely absolutely like you, when you when you help somebody solve the problem and you help somebody i mean not only the software solved their problem but i help them get it set up and get it going and like you said they become ambassadors they 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 love you for they appreciate your time and they appreciate your your software and they they tell they talk about it, and the word spreads fast um and I guess the universe would go as it will go will also apply so if you have you know a decent product but you're not approachable, you're not supporting it properly, you're not building that trust, that word will spread in a bad way really fast as well
0: How do you keep on top of that? That's one thing that people always worry about if you want to build that trust and you want to build that reliability in your person that's going to take some time not only over the long term but it's going to take some physical time per day to stay on top of that how did you guys manage that
1: um it was tough i mean it, it was tough but it was it was a great experience and when i say tough i mean it, it was time consuming you got to you really got to hustle like you really got to believe in your product or service and and you really want to feel that you want to do this like you want to help a friend like i treat it as helping a friend like these people starting with the beta customers all the way down to even customers now for simple podcast press you know i'm on you know i'm i want i'm approachable i'm i'm available to them and i make i make the time i mean it's always it's not always easy you know i can't jump on every single issue personally we have a support team that that answers the support tickets but if things are not getting solved quickly or if someone reaches out to me on Facebook, say, hey, listen, I really need your help. Um, I make the time for them. And even if it's just during lunchtime, or, you know, take 15 minutes. Sometimes it's very simple, simple fix or a simple, you know, maybe workaround in the short term, but just knowing customers, knowing that you're there for them and not buy, they're not buying something from you that, you know, they'll never be able to reach you or talk to you again. Uh, that makes a world of a difference.
0: I completely agree with that. Just just taking a little bit of time just to put a little bit of a personal touch can go such a long way. And I often personally see that there are so many businesses that get this wrong, whether it's a bricks and mortar business or a software business, whatever that might be. In your experience, Annie, is, is this something that can cross those boundaries? Can the bricks and mortar businesses do this just as well as the online businesses. Is is there something in there for everyone?
1: I I believe so, definitely. I mean, it's it's the small things that you do. Like it's it's just making making it's a user experience. I mean, kind of in software, you use that term, you know, differently. But in, even in a physical business or brick and mortar business, just the moment someone walks in the door, the way you greet them, the way you make them feel at home, make them feel comfortable, that. Those small things make a difference. Don't you know, keep, make the first, especially the first experience, a very pleasant and very easygoing experience, you know, and greet them when they walk in the door, as, you know, a very simple example. Um, yeah, you know, just, you know, I'm, my, most of my experience is in online business, but the first touch point you make with a with a customer or, or a potential customer or a beta tester or whatever it is, whatever the case may be, that first touch point is important. They want to feel like you know, they've gotten to know you. And they can reach, to, reach out to you at any time without feeling that they're bothering you. you know? Like you're happy to help them.
0: What about when things go wrong? Because that's one of the things that can really destroy trust. If you spend all of this time building that trust and then something goes wrong, there's a real risk that that trust can be completely undermined. How do you guys deal with that? Is there anything that people can do to work a little bit differently with that, if perhaps struggling with it?
1: Yeah, I always... Um my, my advice is always um never blame the customer. <laughs> Even in your head. Obviously you're not gonna you know in writing, you're not gonna say this is your fault, you broke it or you're you have another plugin that's conflicting with your with your software. Always empathize with the with the customer or the person you're working with because their their ultimate goal is to be running smoothly using your product and running smoothly. That's that's their goal. Uh, sometimes things go wrong, but they're not even your fault, not even your software's fault, not even, you know, your service's fault. Something, you know, in the, in the WordPress space, uh, as a small example, there can be conflicts with other plugins, other themes. But if you say, hey, oh, it's your theme, go fix your theme and then everything should work fine. If you, they feel like, wait a second, like this guy doesn't care, right? He just, he's just basically passing the buck to, to somebody else, passing the puck to somebody else to deal with it. But, Always look at the problem, empathize with the customer, say, I understand your pain. You want, to, you want your site up and running. You don't really care who's, where the problem is or whose fault it is. You just want the, just your site up and running. And if you, look, if you approach it that way and you help them, even if the problem is not necessarily with your, your software or your piece of the puzzle, um, just empathize, empathize with them and make sure that they feel like you care. And be genuine i don't don't be fake about it, of course, you want to help them get their get their um site up and running in, in my case because of the WordPress plugin
0: What about things that are perhaps out of your control and and this is kind of a i wouldn't say it's a loaded question, but i'm just I'm trying to dig into the fact that there are some things that just purely are out of your control, and you know you can't necessarily help to fix them
1: yeah. but
0: you need to still apply that empathy. You still need to be that person they can trust and ask for help. How do you typically deal with those circumstances? What What is it that you do? What process do you go through in your own mind to say, well, look, I still want to put myself on this pedestal, but frankly, listen, I, this is kind of out of my control.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened before in, in Simple Podcast Press where things don't quite go as well as the customer expects and it's out of my control. But you know, I try my best to first empathize like i said earlier you know understand their pain and take the time to look at it don't just say okay it's not it's not simple podcast press that's the issue go talk to your theme developer or whatever or you talk to your technical guy so at least take the time to really evaluate the problem and then give them i give them guidance i say okay it seems like this is the issue um i'm happy to uh, you know if it's a hosting issue for example i'm happy to talk to your hosting support can, to help them give them any information to help resolve the issue. I'm happy to you know maybe send them to. Oh, this is what I do actually. I, sometimes I send them to a, a link. Like I do a bit of research for them. Say hey, you know what? This is a common problem. You know, check out this article and here's a quick fix that will solve the problem. So I I, I you know I I do the research. as If I'm helping a friend, like treat every customer like a friend. And you know you do the research for them if you can and just point them in the right direction. Don't leave them hanging. That's the worst thing you can do.
0: I think you've always got to give them that direction, haven't you? Even if, as you say, if you can't resolve, give them the next step. That's the the biggest thing. Give them that next step because they'll thank you for it. And you know, it doesn't take that long. I mean, we all worry about time. Oh, we're so busy. We're so busy. We're so busy. I can't possibly do this. Of course you can. Like you said, honey, it's, it's about taking the lunch time. It's about a couple of minutes, even just on your phone, you know, looking it up on a mobile very quickly. It takes no time, but the the goodwill that that effectively buys you is kind of priceless, isn't it?
1: Oh, it is. It is. Like you said, you build this trust and they become really big fans of you and your product. And that, that goes a long way because I, in any relationship, trust is the most important thing, whether it's customer, whether it's your, your spouse or whatever. Trust is very important. And it's very hard to build trust, especially in an online business uh, where people don't get to see you or talk to you necessarily. Before they buy your your product, so the first touch point they do is typically through a support support issue or you know, when they have a problem, and if you if they they can trust you, then then you know they'll be con- continue to be loyal.
0: And that loyalty is where it's at, I think, because even as you said earlier, when things do go wrong, if people are loyal to you, and especially you know that entire journey that we've just spoken about there, you know, right from the beta. You've built the brand ambassadors. You've dealt with them as friends all the way through this. And when something does go wrong, it's the loyalty and that brand ambassadorship, is that a word, <laughs> that you kind of <laughs> you kind of fall back upon that, don't you? Because those guys have then got your back. And that, that trust, it's not about making that initial sale. Of course, they need to trust you at that point. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's more about evaluating, is this guy legit? Is the price right? Is it going to solve my problem? It's the long term. And that's what I kind of want to swing into. Do you think there's anything in in let's talk about the bricks and mortar businesses again the kind of the marketing team making customer loyalty or customer trust part of their activities however they can get that in there is there some merit in saying we are going to focus on these activities to build customer trust for the retention side of things is that something you guys practice
1: yeah, I mean, you know, from an online business perspective, you always want to give them value. Like, you want to give them some, you want to build that trust with. Obviously, the, their first experiences, the products are working fine, but also just continuously giving them valuable information um, to kind of follow up. Like, let's say, you know, some training, some additional uh, webinars, training webinars, just keep them, keep them, kind of primed at their best, so they, so they can take take advantage of your product or service. To the, most, to the fullest potential. Give them all the information um, post-sale. So after a sale, you want to definitely plan some kind of... Um, I'm, I'm talking online space. Brick and mortar, I don't have that much experience. And, but I guess the same principle applies. You want to keep... You want to have a great experience in the beginning and you want to continue to stay in touch with them through the content, whether through your email, newsletter, but just give them information to make their... Um, make them In software's case, make them take advantage of your software and, the, and get the most value out of your software. Um, from a brick and mortar perspective, maybe just give them some, some tips to, um, to, to help them You know, outside of your business. Let's say you're a dentist and you want to give them some, some tips on how to you know, brush your kid's teeth and how often you should do it. Just keep in touch. Keep, if, knowing, if you know they have kids, maybe you have a special email sequence that goes out and gives them a lot of advice about how, to, how often you should brush your kid's teeth when, when you should do it, that kind of stuff. So producing valuable content and following up and staying in contact with them is also another f- factor for keeping that trust.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and what impact that, does that have on the trust side of things? I know that, that you know it seems kind of obvious that we all should be sending emails out, but what impact does that have on the trust? And what, does it have, what impact does it have on your long-term business moving forward if you do implement that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, it's it's crucial. Like especially if you're planning on um, like if you have a if you want you keep your customer for a long period of time. Like let's say you're on a monthly program or you have a service that you know, people are continuously paying. Membership sites or something where you want your customer to to stick around longer. You have to keep telling them, hey, I'm here for you. Here's some here's another piece of information that can help you achieve your goals better. Or if you have other products or services that that you're selling to them, that to, to give them more value, that you want to basically you want to basically give 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 before you ask for anything else going down the road. So having that mentality of giving is more important than asking. Um, email is email marketing is, is one of the best ways to do that, and it, it keeps that relationship going, and it also kind of keeps it keeps you on their mind, in a sense, like you as a business on, on your customer's mind on a regular basis. And, you know, don't, don't try to sell too much in your emails. Focus on the value on, on content, like give them good information.
0: It feels like this is kind of a mindset, you know, a lifestyle versus uh, a set of tactics, if you like, it just feels like this is the way you you run your life, you know, you're there to help people and that is it. And yeah. it kind of, you know, it transpires that that has helped business massively. Is that, is that a fair assessment of that?
1: Yeah. Like you, like like I said earlier, like you, you want to treat everybody as a friend, like what we would do for a friend. I had a friend actually just a few minutes before this call. He said, can you help me with my webinar next week? I need someone to kind of man the technical side and the questions. I said, absolutely. Why not? You're my friend, you know, we, I'm gonna help you out, you know. So you just treat everybody like a friend, you know, asking someone asking you for a favor, you you just jump on it and do it. Help people. And that's kind of been my mentality from, from the beginning. It's just help people, whether it's related to your product, whether it's even helping somebody that's not a customer yet, that even if they may not even be a customer, but if you can help somebody, take that opportunity to help somebody and it just opens up more doors for you. But also it, it just people you'll have a you'll have a good name. Like I don't know. To me, I think it comes natural. Like I like my wife tells me I help too many people and <laughs> so I was like, uh I, I just I don't know, it's almost like engraved in me. I just wanna help someone. If someone's stuck, I don't like seeing someone stuck. If I know how to help them or give them the next step, I wanna do that. And I think just people will get to like you, know get to like you and also get to interact with people. But also in the long term it builds trust. So even if it's not a customer, um, they could maybe refer someone to you down the road. You never know, but but just keep that helping mindset. No matter what, if you can help somebody, why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a fantastic place to to put a pin in the conversation, actually, sir, because we're just going to shift gear a little bit and head into the fast becoming famous, excellent, expected, actionable takeaways. So if people are struggling either to see the value of it sounds really bizarre. This actually to see the value of trust. You know, if people are struggling to get out of the mindset of just transactional relationships, and, and you know, wanting to shift into this more trust based relationship. I know you've put together, honey, three superb actionable tips for people. So let's dig in, if we may, to the first actionable tip, please, sir.
1: Yeah. So first tip, we touched on it a little bit earlier. It's be approachable. Um, don't make yourself like this big entity. Make yourself. You, you are this person running this business in a team or, or, or by yourself, just always be approachable. Let people know that they can reach out to you if they need something.
0: Beautiful, be approachable. And that, just to add a little sort of side note to that from, from my side of things, that doesn't mean taking up a lot of your time. It is back to that mindset. You know, I've really learned that lesson by running, running the agency and running podcast websites and so on. You know, that being approachable doesn't cost you time certainly not in a negative way is a, as much of a mindset as anything else so i completely completely buy into that one and the second actionable tip please saw
1: it's produce valuable content uh, whether it's you know, if you have a blog related to your business whether you do a podcast whether you have a you know videos training videos or informational videos on youtube or or anywhere produce valuable content that will kind of help extend the conversation after the sale is done or produce content that can be used before any, before the person becomes a customer. So just always focus on producing value. Again, it's back to helping people producing valuable content that will help people.
0: Do you think there's something in that? Again, just take that one a little further. Do you think there's some kind of block with certain people? Perhaps people don't know where to get started with that. And if if you were helping someone, let's say you were mentoring someone and getting started on this process for people to create valuable content. As I said, they just don't sometimes know where to start. Where would you advise people to start looking? Where can they, where can they start putting pen to paper on this?
1: Yeah. If you have a customer base or you have an email list or a customer list, yeah, um, the first place I would do is is ask them. Like do a survey, there's a lot of free tools out there, like Google Forms is a free tool. Send out a quick survey, say, hey, what's your, what are you stuck on, what's, what, what's your biggest frustration right now, and those kind of questions. And just start getting back some feedback from your existing customers or your existing audience. And then build content around the most common themes that kind of, um, you, that come up in the, come up in the responses. So I, I did that early on, too. I have a survey every time you sign up for my email list. Right on the thank you page, as soon as you signed up, it was a quick three-question survey. Very short and sweet. And I think the third question was optional. So you only had two questions to answer. And I got a lot of feedback. And it's helping me create you know, other, other valuable emails, content. Um, also, going to be working on a podcast soon. So it doesn't matter what the format is. But find out what your customers or your potential customers' problems are and build content to help them solve that problem or at least give them information about how to solve that problem.
0: Beautifully put, sir. Beautifully put. And the third and final actionable tip.
1: Help as many people as you can without asking for anything in return. Don't expect, say, I'm going to help you. And in back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, maybe this guy can refer me a customer or maybe this guy will become a customer. Don't go in with that mindset. Just go in with helping as many people as you can. And like you said, Mark, you don't have to sit there for like three hours and help somebody for that long. It just sometimes you can send someone in the right direction it means a lot to them. Even just guiding them to, hey, check out this link. This is a good article that will help you with whatever it is you're stuck with. Help as many people as you can and think good things will happen. Good things will happen. It just, It's kind of being like, being like a good Samaritan.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Be the good Samaritan without a shadow of a doubt. I think that helps everyone. Everyone that I speak to that says that is in a very, very good place. They're at peace with themselves. They've got a really solid business. So that, that seems to be a vein that runs through every element of business that we dig into on the show. So I think that's really, really valuable. Thank you so much for that, sir. And that is coming up to the end of the show. So just before we wrap it up, where's the best place for people to grab you online, sir? Any
1: preference? Um, I usually hang out on Facebook, mostly Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Hanny Mora and Twitter, twitter.com slash Hanny Mora.
0: Super stuff. We'll get some links in the show notes for that guy. So check Hany out. He's a great guy. It really, really is. And uh, he, he's, he genuinely lives by this help other people rule. I've spoken to him on numerous, numerous occasions. So Hany, thank you once again. So that's been a real pleasure.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a blast
0: always good to talk. So always good. And for you guys listening, as I mentioned, we're going to bob everything in the show notes. We'll make sure it's all over at excellence-expected.com where as ever, you know what I'm going to say. You can pick up your free copy of the essential 14 day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. Spend a bit more time in the garden instead of behind that desk. Cheers for listening folks. And until next time, don't forget the more you expect from yourself, more you will excel. Adios.